It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome back, everybody. It is the Osmo MLP Strategy Show. It is a Tuesday. What's the difference today? Wild card uh, round going on, and uh, we're going to have a couple weeks of the MLB playoffs. So this is a really fun time. I know Terry's excited. Terry McBee, hey. McBee you guys know, uh, joining me today as he has for the last few Tuesdays. Uh, are you sad it's coming to an end, and are you excited for MLB uh, playoff action here? I'm excited for the playoffs, but I'm really sad it's coming to an end. I mean, it's like my baseball brain is in like May at this point. You know, we've had like two months of season. We're nowhere near a complete season, complete numbers. So none of what's happening really makes sense to me baseball wise, but I'm psyched that it's the playoffs. It should be fun. You know? Yeah, it should be a lot of fun. Um, we only have four games to talk about today, but uh, once we get into things, I want to get Terry's kind of thoughts about if, like this being the playoffs changes anything for his strategy. Uh, obviously, you know, having eight to 12 game slates for the last couple months and then going down to a four game slate is going to change some things in terms of uh, like how contrarian you actually can be. Um, we've got a lot of studs on the slate. Uh, this being the first, you know, the first game of the playoffs, everyone's pretty much putting out their ace. Um, so we're going to see like low run totals across the boards. Um but it should be it should be a lot of fun. Uh, Yahoo Daily Fantasy Sports is the sponsor for today's show. If you want to go check out some Yahoo MLB contests, you should go do that because not only do they, do they have CSV Edit, they're making it easier for you to play uh, multiple lineups. They've got one K to first in their fifteen dollar flatter payout structure, and they're only running out an eleven point one percent management fee. So that's about a. Th- uh, a third cutoff um, from what you're going to pay elsewhere where you're seeing 16% um, on the, uh, the bigger site. So Yahoo's making it easier for you to make a profit long-term increase your long-term ROI. That's huge going from 16% to 11%. So go support Yahoo. They've got a uh, huge NFL contest posted um, once again for what is it? Week four coming up here. That season's already flying by 300 K baller. Uh, $15 entry fee, and you can max that up to 150. They've also got 25 maxes and 20 maxes at the lower dollar. So I've been liking playing some of those. Um, looking forward to, to playing on Yahoo. So we'll, we'll refer to some Yahoo pricing as we go along here. Um, let's see. So Terry, how, how does the play, this being a, a playoff game uh, going forward, how does this change your strategy for DFS, if at all? So I think a little bit with the slate size maybe is going to impact some strategy just because, you know, with this, we're having, we've got a four game slate. We can kind of rely on what the lineups are going to be. There shouldn't be too many surprises with that. So building lineups, even though slate starts at two and there are seven, there's a seven o'clock game included, we pretty much know who's going to be in there. So we don't really have to worry about all of that. I think maybe with the short slate, it makes sense to either zero in on a game with some high totals. Maybe you take a look at like that Toronto and, uh, and uh, Tampa game or, you know, and pick, try and pick off a game where that's going to be where I'm making my stand. If you see one where there's projections, whatever the factor is, that's really popping for you. It kind of makes sense to zero in on that and make a stand on that game and see if you're just going to be able to pick off the one game that goes off. 
For me, I typically like to do the opposite and spread out a little bit more on a short slate and try and grab as much of everybody as I can because I'm throwing in a lot of lineups. Um, so there's different approaches to it. Uh, you could also argue for instead of going with full stacks, maybe we make a little bit more room for one-offs on a short slate. We go with two three-man stacks with two one-off spots, in other words, for uh, FanDuel stacks. So there's a lot of different ways to skin the cat. It's a, it makes for an interesting slate. Um, starting pitching wise, I think we can typically rely on a little bit of depth from the starting pitchers, but we know once it gets to those high leverage spots, these managers are going to have a fairly quick hook. So six innings is in play, but I don't know that complete games are in play, things like that. So we've got to, we don't really want to go bonus hunting with that, uh, even with the stud pitchers. So I think we could see some six inning starts. I don't expect many of these guys to go much beyond that, uh, even with the super high end guys. Yeah, uh, and the, the pricing, looking at DraftKings specifically, the pricing on some of these pitchers is crazy. You think about getting Blake Snell for 7,800, you get Cole and Bieber for 8,600 and 9K. Um, so someone was saying in chat, and I apologize, I'm not giving you credit, but uh, we're using this as a discussion point that like ownership with pitching is going to be really important because of the soft pricing. I actually think it's kind of the opposite. I think you just play the studs, you play the best plays at pitcher. Um, like when, and then you just get a little bit different with your bats. You're probably going to be a two V two or a one V one away from guys at the top. You still don't want to dupe. Um, and you don't want to dupe in any sport, but sometimes you just have to play the best lineups. You know, if you, if you dupe with two or three people and you bank a big GPP, especially if it's top heavy, that's not too bad of a payday either. So I'm just going to try to avoid the lineups that I know are going to have uh, the most amount of dupes. And by using the ownership projections, um, trying to get uh, not the highest sum of total ownership, trying to, uh, you know, just avoid the, the most popular lineup construction. And then pretty much it becomes the same way that I usually play. Four games is going to be a challenge. Um, you know, some of these lineups are going to look really good because of how soft the pricing is, but if that's a lineup you expect to be duped 15, 20 times in a tournament, probably going to be one you want to stay away from. So duplication in MLB isn't usually a, a big deal, but as the slate gets smaller and smaller, um, it becomes a bigger deal. So that's the, that's the one thing I wanted to mention. Um, other than that, we're just going to break it down like we usually do. Uh, but first I want to head over to uh, odd shop before we, you know, we've only got four games. So, we're going to fly through those. Um, but uh, Terry, have you had a chance to check out uh, any of the, the World Series futures over at Odd Shopper at all? I haven't checked on those specifically, but I've poked around a little bit on the Odd Shopper uh, just specifically during uh, football Sunday the other day. Just a lot of my friends throw around text messages with different bets that are, while the games are going on and stuff. So I love the, that I have that at my disposal now. I can pull it up and see what my odds are looking like. It's great. But uh, yeah, what are the yeah. World Series props looking like? Yeah, so um, they, they vary at different books. And so that's kind of what Odd Shopper is going to help you guys out with. You can bet uh, if it's legal. Um, we've got six books listed um, up on Odd Shopper right now. You just go to oddshopper.osmo.com and just, uh, like Terry said, poke around and see what you can find. Um, you know, why would you want to play the Dodgers to win the World Series at plus 350 when you can get them at plus 375 at one book? Why would you want to play the Yankees at plus 600 when you can get them at plus 700 at one book? Um, and it's it's stuff like that that can increase your long-term ROI when you're making sports bets. So just wanted to point out a, a couple of those. And then um, also you can play Shane Bieber and Garrett Cole basically as a pick them today, which I thought was kind of crazy. Like you almost never see those guys as underdogs. And right now it, it's essentially oh, yeah. a pick them um, in that Yankees-Cleveland game. So We'll get to that later, but uh, go check out Odd Shopper. It's a great site, uh, especially if you can bet at, uh, at any of these books. And it just goes to show that you should have multiple accounts if you have access to multiple books and, and get the best lines, because why wouldn't you want to? This is also completely free, so no sign up. You can add stuff to uh, your watch list if a, if a line hits a certain number. Um, you can get alerts, and uh, it's just a really, really cool site. Let's talk about the games. Let me pull up my sheet here. All right, here we go. We're going to start with Houston and Minnesota. This is going to be a 2 p.m. Eastern slate. Jason Floyd and Alex Baker are going to uh, lead you up to lock. They're going to start at 1 p.m. Eastern, an hour before this game starts. 
Zach Cranky and Kenta Maeda, 3.3 implied total for the Astros, 4.3 for the Twins, full run implied higher for the Minnesota Twins here. They're favored in the series. They're favored in this game. Maeda is about minus 170-ish. A couple question marks in the Twins lineup. Um, Maeda has been very good this season going up against the Astros team that, you know, hasn't been the team we've seen in years past, possibly because of, uh, you know, the lack of cheating or whatever you want to call it, gamesmanship. Um, but what are you doing with Maeda here? 8K, where does he rank uh, in the Snell, Giolito, Beavers, uh, Garrett Cole range for you? So first of all, I'm a Yankees fan. I'm comfortable with calling it cheating. Uh, <laughs> uh, I like Maeda. He, you mentioned he's had a just awesome year. He's been really, really good this year. That said, my model doesn't seem to like him very much. It's not projecting him uh, out very well for me. And just taking a look where he ranks for Alex in the top starters tool, he's, uh, what, the fifth man on the list out of eight. So doesn't really rank very high in terms of, uh, you know, being the best guy on the board. But you're also talking about some pretty stiff competition there. Uh, the matchup's not the greatest against the Astros, but you mentioned their struggles. Um, and they're very real. They're 18th in baseball this year with a 166 ISO in the split. 102 WRC plus, so they are 2% above average in, in creating runs against righties. Uh, and they only strike out 19.8% of the time, but they're really not generating a lot of power here. And his specialty, Kenzo Meda, is creating, uh, is inducing soft contact and limiting hard contact. He led the league in both categories this year. 28.5% soft contact induced, 21.5% hard contact allowed. Those are ridiculous numbers. So his specialty of limiting power combined with their inability to hit for power this year kind of leads me down the Kenzo Maeda road. Uh, he's also striking out a career-high number of guys. He's just been absolutely pitching dominant. He's not walking many guys. 32.3% uh, strikeouts, only 4% walks. Just really pitching well. So I'm going to wrestle with my model a little bit here. I'm going to see how it does as we you know head up to lock and what uh, the distributions look like at Fantasy Cruncher. But uh, I like the spot better than uh, than I'm getting numbers-wise from Maeda. And I like the price, obviously. It's, uh, you know, 8K is... Uh, pretty friendly price for him on uh, DK. Yeah, really good price. Um, kind of going underutilized, I think, by the field right now. Grades out as a solid play in the uh, the top pitchers tool. Um, he's going to grade out as a, a good raw point value in Oswald's rankings, which are free today. You guys want to check those out. Um, that's part of the Express package. If you're looking to join us for the last few weeks of MLB season, um, looking at Maeda's strikeout rate compared to like uh, Snell and Cole this season. I know it's kind of a short sample, but he's at 32.3%, Cole at 32.6%, Snell at 31%. So he's right in the middle of those two guys. Uh, essentially the same strikeout rate, uh, low implied total against. And I, I guess it's just the Houston Astros. You know, people are thinking this is the Houston Astros from a couple of years ago where you just can't really play pitchers against them at all. And uh, that doesn't look to be the case here for me. So I like Maeda at 8K. He's the pitcher I'm most overweight on right now. Didn't expect that, uh, but using the projections and the ownership on the site, um, he's slowly creeping up uh, in my exposures, especially on DraftKings. Uh, looking at FanDuel, Maeda is going to be up there for me, but he, from a raw point basis, he doesn't quite get to uh, – guys like Bieber and uh, and Cole. So going to get to him a little bit less over there. Bats in this game, uh, going up against Granky, 7,300 bucks. Well, first, do you have any interest in Granky against this uh, this vaunted Twins lineup? Um, Donaldson and Buxton are, have questionable tags next to their names. I'm assuming that they're going to be in the lineup. We have them in right now. Um, but any interest in Granky versus these Twins bats here? So, I mean, I wrote up the twin side of this last night. I love the, how they look. They're popping in my home run model, but we're talking about a four-game slate where we're going to be rolling out a full you know, range of lineups. So a pitcher of Zach Greinke's caliber for 7,300 when he's going uh, a third of the ownership that he quote-unquote should be in uh, Alex's top starters tool, yeah, I'll have some. Uh, am I excited about the play? No, I'm not. <laughs> I, don't, uh, I don't know how Zach Greinke's really getting it done this year. Um, it's funny. I've been talking about his, uh, his changed mix and not throwing his changeup anymore. And it looks like Statcast actually changed their, uh, what, how they're classifying some of his pitches and they added his changeup back in. 
uh, but he's still very limited in how his repertoire works uh, with the uh, degree to which the velocity actually changes between his fastball and what they're now calling a changeup. I don't know if they just split out some of the, what they were previously calling a fastball or how they're rating it, but uh, his slower fastballs are now being called changeups. But regardless, he just is pounding the zone with straight stuff, throwing strikes, getting it done. Nothing has changed about his swinging strike rate. It's right on his career average. He's inducing 17.9% soft contact, allowing 33.2% hard contact. No velocity. He's only allowed six home runs so far, five to righties, one to lefties this year. I do not know how he's making it happen, but he kind of is. He's kind of getting away with it. Uh, but the matchup is much more for me on the twin side, uh, like you let in with the, with the bats here. Fourth in baseball with a 212 ISO against righties this year, uh, WRC plus 8% above average in the split. They strike out 25.7% of the time against righties, so Grinky could have a decent strikeout game here, but I like their chances of hitting a couple out of the park here for, against him, and uh, I think there are some very good values in the in the bats on that team. So I like that uh, that side of it much better. I'm in agreement with you there. Uh, I was looking at Granky, seeing if I can make a case to, to play him, um, and I guess you can just because there's eight pitched on the slate. He's a good pitcher for sure. Uh, run prevention has been an issue for Granky. He's allowed at least three earned runs in his last seven starts, which is kind of crazy. Maybe running into some bad luck there a little bit, but this Twins lineup just loaded uh, one through eight, really, and then Arias doesn't really strike out. Um, so they're a difficult lineup to face, especially with the 4.3 implied total, which is the second highest on the slate because we've got so many studs going. Um, and so I like the Twins bats. They're not as over-owned as I thought they might be. Um, because of their their good pricing, Bucks in 3,800, Sano 3,800, Jorge Polanco at 3,300. That looks to be one of the better values on the slate, even if he's batting in the seventh spot. Um, and then Garver, like we've seen him be priced up over the last couple of years above 5K and like 5,500 at times. Um, yeah, he's he, at just 4,100. He, and he is free on FanDuel. He's 2,200 on FanDuel. That's like my favorite play on the board over there. I mean, I know you don't even have to play a catcher over there. That's nuts. Yeah, dude led their team. I'm trying to get over to my uh, my column so I can actually quote myself. But Garver hit, uh, what did he hit, like 39 home runs last year? I'm just talking while I'm yeah. pulling up here. Right? So, it was over 30. It was over yeah. 30. That. Yeah, so uh, he's uh, 31 home runs last year in, 300, in only 359 plate appearances. Uh, he cost 2,200 on FanDuel. 19 of those 31 home runs came in the split, and he had a 327 ISO last year in this split. Those are absurd numbers. This is a guy that should be you know, way, way more expensive than that, regardless of whether or not you have to play a catcher. So I love that spot. Absolutely. Um, just want to make sure we don't miss anything since it's only four games. Um, on a bigger slate, we're probably not targeting against Maeda. Uh, here, are there any Astros bats you can make a case for? Maybe some lefty power with a guy like Brantley at 3,700 on DK. Uh, I mean, these Astros... Most of them are pretty cheap over on Yahoo as well. Tuve 11 bucks, Bregman 14, Brantley 14, uh, Uriel and Correa, both min salary over on Yahoo. So there's some good pricing, but Maeda's just been so tough. Is there anyone you're, you're targeting here? Yeah. So again, it's, it's more of a, we're going to be spreading a lot out there and I like to grab a little bit of everything and, and see if I can, you know, just get that one outlier lineup that pops. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, just looking at the pricing and the ownership, particularly on the bottom end of the lineup, I don't mind going to the bottom end knowing that we're sacrificing some plate appearances, but Yuli Gurriel under 5% owned and everybody below him is less than that. Uh, Carlos Correa drawing almost no ownership. Still 4,800 over there, did not generate very much power at all this year, but I'm willing to keep going to him at the shortstop position uh, because of his proving pedigree. So. I can build some stacks there, uh, maybe work down, you know, start with a Bregman and uh, Kyle Tucker, who are both also not generating a tremendous amount of ownership. Bregman for the same $4,800 price tag at only 10.8% ownership in early projections, pretty good. Springer coming off the top of the lineup. So there's players in there. They're not going to be getting very much popularity. So it's definitely a spot I can get to a little bit. But yeah, I'm very, very worried about Meta's ability to keep the ball in the yard and just limit their, mm -hmm. their power and their upside. And then one guy you did hit on uh, on uh, the twin side of things is uh, Arias down the bottom, just because he's drawing absolutely no ownership. And I think he's a functional wraparound play up to the top of the lineup because he does have that fantastic hit tool. He's always putting the ball in play uh, and he's able to get on base. He doesn't walk a ton, uh, but he never, ever strikes out. So his, his strikeout and walk rates are both in the single digits and like right next to each other. So 
he's an interesting play, not a go-to guy, but as somebody to work in, if you need uh, if you need a position in there and you have a second base spot open, he's a functional wraparound play. Yeah, and I mean, he's hitting behind a bunch of, like, like Arias is a good hitter, number one. Um, he, he's not really a nine hitter. Uh, this is not like, uh, what's the guy from Casey? Alcides Escobar, uh, where he, like, he's just cheap. Like, Arias isn't cheap. Um, for whatever reason, the DK algorithm really likes him here. Uh, maybe they thought he was going to lead off or something. But, um, yeah, his, like his uh, expected plate appearances is going to go down batting ninth, but his ownership is just going to fall off a cliff as well. So 4,800 isn't that ridiculous uh, when you factor in that you're only paying nine K at most for a pitcher. Um, so you yeah, can, got savings. Yeah. yeah. And then he, he hits in front of a bunch of really good hitters. So he gets a couple RBIs. Uh, even if he only has like two hits, he could be in a GPP winning lineup. If the rest of the second baseman, uh, fail relative to their prices. Right. Right. And I mean, yeah, we talked about it. He's a, he's a singles hitter. He's a slap hitter, but you can still drive in runs. If two guys are on base, you know, two good runners in scoring position, you come up, you hit a single, two guys are probably going to score. So you can still drive in runs. And then to your point, yeah, this is a dude we're talking about who was uh, this year, 321, 364, 402 mm-hmm. with a WRC plus 12% above average last year, 334, 399, 439 and a WRC plus, 25% above average. So, I mean, this is a, a productive guy. It's not, again, not a go-to play, but definitely somebody who can be in a GPP winning lineup. Yeah, for sure. Uh, are you willing to play any, and I think we're going to get this question at some point, so we'll just get it out of the way. Are you willing to play any hitters against a pitcher in a specific lineup? Like, would you willing to be playing, and maybe not this example, but Brantley versus Maeda? Are you allowing for that at all in your crunches today? I usually don't like to do it unless we're talking about like a two game, like something super, super small. It's just not a high upside play to me. It's, it's, you can, I wouldn't do it with more than one. I, you know, but it's not a play for me by any means. Not a play for me either. I think three games is where I'll start to consider it. Uh, Four. I I'm good. Like there's, there's enough players where, I don't think you need to do that. Even if you're playing 150 lineups, I, I think I can get 150 good ones that don't have a negative correlation with each other. It's hard enough to, to win a tournament. And then you're talking about winning one with negative correlation uh, between your pitcher and, and an opposing hitter. Uh, it's, it's going to be tough. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And you're trying to just thread that super specific needle of just, all right, he's going to do some damage, but not so much that it's going to hurt my pitcher. Answer. There's no need. There are other bats on that slate that we can get to. And like you said, there's with the pricing, the way it is on DK, we can put together a lot of different things. So I think there's plenty here. All right, let's move it on to the White Sox and the Oakland Athletics. Lucas Giolito going up against Jesus Luzardo. 3.9 applied total for the Sox. 3.6 for the A's. Uh, 8,300 for both pitchers over on DraftKings. On Yahoo, Giolito is $51, and Luzardo is just $32. So I think Luzardo is probably a guy you can target over on Yahoo. Uh, they priced up their studs really high. Uh, Maeda 50, Cole 52, and Bieber 58. So I think Lazaro is going to be a pretty good SP2 option over there. Um, but going into the actual matchup, do you like the spot for either of these pitchers here? Probably for Giolito better than uh, for Luzardo, I think. Uh, Giolito has been pitching fantastic all year long, 17.3% swinging strike rate, uh, 335 x to a 3480 ERA in the 72 and a third innings. Just dominant stuff, uh, just incredible slider, uh, great, great changeups, uh, two-plus pitches. Uh, really, really like what he's done this year. A's 176 ISO uh, with a 105 WRC plus in the split, 23.2% strikeout rate. They walk 11% of the time, so they can get on base, maybe generate some opportunities against them. But I think his quality against this lineup probably the better side of this one. Uh, Luzardo's a pitcher I really, really like. But I think the White Sox lineup is a bit much to ask for him here. Uh, it's a tough, tough spot. 238 ISO, 144 WRC plus against lefties this year. 21.9% strikeout rate with a 10.1% walk. So they, it's a fair amount of strikeouts, but it's not a lot by any means. Uh, I think he's going to have a tough time with this team. He's a very good pitcher. Uh, 25.8, uh, sorry, 23.8% swing uh, strikeout rate this year. 12.6% swinging strikes. Uh, his career is 25.5% strikeout rate. So it was actually a tick down, but uh, that's very limited career so far, of course. 
59 innings, uh, 388 XFIP to a 412 ERA. So very solid pitcher also, solid strikeout numbers against both hands. He doesn't really suffer in splits. But again, it's just all about the quality of that White Sox lineup. They're a team we've gone to for DFS purposes all year, and they just they hit just top to bottom. They are a lineup that hits. Yeah, the White Sox are my highest owned stack right now. On DK, uh, when you factor in ownership, top stack percentage, everything like that, like they just hammered lefties this season. Uh, best WRC plus in the MLB. The power numbers are awesome. The strikeout numbers are down. Um, they're just a, like, this is probably the, the best spot, I think. Uh, maybe outside of Tampa. Uh, Lozardo is good, as you detailed. Um, but I think they're priced up for a reason. So if I can figure out a way to... And I think you can uh, on DK, especially if I can figure out a way to get two quality pitchers, whether it's Maeda, Snell, Cole, Bieber, some combo of those guys, maybe throw in a value bat for the White Sox, uh, Luis, Robert, Robert, uh, 3,300 bucks. Love that batting seventh right now. He's my, he's a top five uh, exposed hitter for me. Not my highest stone quite, but maybe we'll get there by the time we get to lock. Uh, absolutely love him um, to save some money. And uh, the rest of this lineup is really scary, kind of like what I was talking about with the Twins. So I I would like to get away from Lazardo, finding it pretty easy to do so. Um, looking at the White Sox in the top stack tool, they're owned pretty fairly, and they've got one of the higher uh, value metrics. So I'm okay going to them. Maybe you throw in one of the seven, eight, nine hitters to differentiate a little bit. Um, but yeah, this looks like the spot for me on today's slate. What about yeah. uh, what about Giolito going up against Oakland? Do you have any hitters that you want to take against Giolito? And then I, I might have missed it, but where's he coming up for you um, in terms of the Bieber Cole range? So um, let me check on my uh, projection actually while I talk the Oakland lineup. So I will get to some of the Oakland lineup by that. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Same just overall principle of the game and have a little bit of everybody on this. Um, I do think I like some of them just looking at some of these ownership projections more on DK. Yeah, it looks like they're getting a fair share of ownership on FanDuel because they're just super, super cheap over there. Uh, but on DK, it looks like a lot of the hitters in the heart of the lineup are really going you know, 10% owned or less. So I think we can build over there. It's taking a shot against a really good pitcher uh, who's in a spot that I like better than I like this offense. But I think with that ownership edge, it makes some sense to look at that Oakland lineup and uh, top stacks is bearing that out. They're ranked toward the bottom of the top stacks tool, but uh, they have a, a lower ownership share. So it's a team I want to look at uh, on FanDuel. The, uh, they rank in the middle of the, uh, of the top stacks tool. So that might explain a little bit more of their, uh, of their uh, ownership projection over there. And then as far as the pitching goes, I'm getting Giolito fourth highest projection on FanDuel for me, but that's, in a grouping that is very, very close. I have Garrett Cole popping up at the top, and then I have Snell, Bieber, and Giolito all basically within a point of one another. Nice. Yeah, I've, um, I've got Giolito right now on DK as my highest own pitcher, him, Bieber, and Maeda, and Cole, really. Like, they're all bunched at the top between, like, 35 and 50%. Uh, and I think I'm pretty comfortable with that mixing and matching these guys. Hard to, hard to split hairs. Like, if someone said that Snell was their – high stone pitcher I wouldn't bat an eye I think all these guys are awesome options you're just gonna have to get the two that uh probably lead the slate in raw points and then you're still gonna have to get the bats right after that so that's why I don't worry that much about pitcher ownership here I think all the ownership is warranted especially on Giolito Cole Maeda well Maeda I think should be higher but um there's other awesome options Cole um Cole Bieber and and Giolito all owned at over 30 percent but um, like I'm using less uniques too. So I'm going to have lineups that are like two V twos away from each other. That's another thing. Um, I usually use like three or four uniques. 
uh, when I'm crunching out my lives on fantasy cruncher, as well as capping just to make sure they're all uh, diversified away from each other. But um, are you, did you like decrease your uniques? Uh, did you do anything like that? So I ran the first one with three, which is what I usually use, which is you know where I usually default, but I'll run more uh, later on and I'll change that up a little bit just to get a, a pretty broad mix of stuff. And I'll crunch out like a thousand lineups for this and then start looking through stuff and filtering and everything. So I'll have a good mix of everything and that'll change up. I'll change some of the stack combinations, run four fours, four threes, a couple like I talked about with three, three and two, uh, two one offs. So yeah, there'll be a pretty broad spectrum of different things I'm doing in this one for sure. For sure. Anything else left in this game before we send it to uh, Toronto and Tampa Bay? I'm uh, just take a look at some of the bets just real quick, just and call out some of the names. I mean, uh, just looking down that A's lineup that I was talking about, Matt Olson just really, really pops out at essentially no ownership in the middle of that. We know about his big power bat hits from the left side of the plate. So we can get to him there and then build around him with, uh, you know, some of the Marcanas, Ramon Laureano's, I don't know that I would go down to Jake Lamb, even though he's a lefty bat. It's just so rare that he makes any contact or, or does anything productive for us. Uh, I do like Sean Murphy. Uh, he's hitting the bottom of the lineup. It is a righty-righty matchup, and he's drawing a little bit of ownership, but not a lot. So he could be a sneaky play where you're required to play a catcher, maybe wrap him around to the top of the order with a Tommy Listella, something like that. Uh, and then we talked about the White Sox lineup. You hit the nail on the head with Louis Trobert. I think he's the... Uh, ideal play that's jumping out but really that uh that four-man stack from Abreu, Eloy Jimenez, Edwin Encarnacion, and Luis Robert uh, is all under 20% owned on DraftKings I think there's some advantage there too so I'm going to be building with both of these teams I think tonight nice yeah uh, it's going to be a lot of everyone for me as well um but I especially like the White Sox and I like that their ownership is staying intact they're one of the higher owned teams but uh, I think rightfully so just based on how uh, well, they've hit uh, lefties this season. Terry, do you like uh, Showdown NFL DFS by chance? You know, I do. It's a lot of fun. I, I think it's a lot of fun as well. Hasn't been super profitable for me just yet. But uh, if you guys, if the audience like Showdown NFL DFS, um, we beefed up our NFL Express package. So before we just had rankings and a few other tools, uh, but now we've added in uh, Showdown and single game projections ownership projections and Osmo's top plays. So if you like the showdown format, if you're not as uh, keen on the, the main slates and uh, you know, the, the classic format and showdowns for you express tops. Um, I'm sorry, express top stacks tool um, and all the other tools. I just detailed projections, ownership projections and uh, Osmo's top plays uh, is just 395 per week. So if you want to join us for the rest of the NFL season, 395 per week, that's less than uh, a cup of coffee at Starbucks, Terry. I don't know if you're a Starbucks guy, uh, maybe, maybe Duncan since Duncan. you're out East Duncan, yeah, yeah. Duncan guy. Starbucks has always been a little snooty for me. That, fair enough. Yeah. I, I like myself some Starbucks uh, every once in a while, but 395 per week, you know, skip the Starbucks, join us, get in premium slack, use all these awesome tools. Showdown has been a ton of fun. I can't believe, uh, like how big it's gotten. We just had a millionaire maker on a Monday night yesterday over on yeah, DraftKings. It's, it's um, gigantic. And we had what, like 1900 people, I think were watching Emac and uh, the boss on the stream last night before yeah. that uh, slate kicked off. I and mean, it's super popular. And if people are out there entering $4 tournaments, I don't know why they wouldn't pay $4 to get the best projections, ownership, et cetera, et cetera, in the business. Like seems to make sense to me. Yeah, absolutely love it. So I'm a big fan of Showdown. I'm a big believer in the tools on the site. I've had success in the past and uh, hoping to uh, continue that this season as we get into a, a larger sample. So 395 a week, uh, that's that's not a promotion. That's just what the price is. So you guys are all in luck and uh, we're, we're beefing up the Express Pass for uh, people that, that play less or just play Showdown. Toronto and Tampa Bay. 3.2 implied total for the Blue Jays, 4.4 for the Rays, Blake Snell and Matt Shoemaker. Snell, biggest favorite on the board, minus 190-ish right now, depending on which book you look at, um, and for good reason. I mean, having another great season, uh, Snell, one of the, the better strikeout pitchers uh, on the slate, one of the better strikeout pitchers in the MLB, 31% K rate for the season, Walks maybe a little bit higher than what you'd want, but you can deal with that when he's striking out 30 plus percent of hitters. 
Um, I mean, is there any reason to be off of him? Like he's not priced in the elite tier, which is you know, 9K and 8,600. Under 8K for Blake Snell here. Pretty ridiculous, right? Yeah, it seems like. And in this matchup, it's a pretty decent matchup. Uh, the Jays, they're okay in the split. They were 13th in baseball, a little power with a 177 ISO, and they create runs uh, 10% better than the average. But they strike out 23.6% of the time. I think there's plenty of meat on the bone for him here, so it's not a spot I'm going to go away from by any means. Uh, it's pretty standard Jays lineup uh, that we should be seeing. So, yeah, I, I think we can definitely lean into Snell here at that price. He looks great to me. Uh, he ranks out in the middle of the top starters tool, but uh, on the and on the ownership, he's actually drawing a little bit more ownership than I'd like to see. So with those factors in, in play, it makes it a little bit more of a challenge to roll them out a ton. So matchup wise, I do like the spot, but the DFS factors of it, we have to consider as, as far as how much of what we want to get to. Um, do we want to be over the field on a big, big number? Or do we want to maybe try and cut under that? and get to more of a guy like a Giolito, more of a guy like a Kenta Meda that we talked about. So that's an interesting spot with Snell there. Yeah. The only thing keeping me off of Snell is just where he ranks in the top stack tool compared to a guy like Maeda. So if the ownership condenses, uh, I'm sorry, uh, like if the gap closes between those two in terms of ownership, I think I'd get to more Snell. Uh, right now I'm still getting to 30-ish percent of Snell right now uh, on DK and then a good amount as well on FanDuel. Um, but I think if his ownership comes down, then uh, I'll end up with a ton of Snell. So he shouldn't be 7,800 ever, even when you factor in the prices of these other pitchers. I think he should be uh, close to where Bieber, Giolito, and uh, Cole are at. Um, so I'll take advantage of that in some lineups. Um, yeah, his, his price over on FanDuel is, uh, compared to those other guys, is a dramatic discount. He's 8,300 8, on FanDuel, Cole's 10-9, Bieber's 11-2, and Giolito's 9-2. So that's a big, big discount to those guys. He came up as my highest owned on uh, FanDuel, or my highest exposed, rather. Someone in chat, uh, I think it was Eric in chat, said, do we have to stack in the playoffs? Uh, I think yes, and Terry, I think you mentioned something along the lines of you stack, but maybe you stack a little bit less at the top of the show. Um, so instead of like your five threes, your five twos, maybe you look more to like a four, three, four, two, um, because there's, pro there's less of a chance of a massive outlier performance where the five man stack is the nuts. I still think fives are fine. Um, but I would be more looking to like five, one, 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 um, or something like that, just so you're not duplicating with the people that are doing five threes and four fours. You want to give your quick thoughts. Yeah, it's a situation where I definitely still want to stack. The majority of my lineups will still be full stacks. Um, it will be, a, but it's, it creates a spot like we were talking about where I want to get to more one-offs. I want to grab some more of that crazy event-based outliers that will pop into lineups and not necessarily require the rest of their offense to, to roll with them to be a big score and to be required to access the top of GPP standing. So yeah, it creates a spot where I'll roll more of uh, 431, 422, maybe uh, I'll mix in there, but uh, I'll, I'll focus on having a full stack and then at least a part of another team and then leaving some room for one offs to get in there, I guess is basically what I'm getting at in the overall strategy. Yeah, for sure. Um, Shoemaker, 7,200 going up against the Rays. Any interest in that? I, I, we never want to cross anyone off, especially in a four game slate. But raise highest implied total on the slate. They're going to get a bunch of ownership, maybe for the the um, the leverage against the chalky race stack. You play some shoemaker here, but he's not really a high upside arm. So even that, I, I kind of have an issue with. Where are you at on shoemaker? Isn't this the part of the show where we sing the this one of these things is not like the other song? Yeah, <laughs> this is not. Yeah, this is not uh, the same caliber pitcher as the other guys on this slate. I also think he's going to be a little limited. I don't know if he's going to go more than uh, maybe three, four innings, something like that. Maybe he gets five, but they were talking about going to the pen early. They were talking about maybe Pearson coming out of the pen, uh, which is a high upside uh, prospect, uh, high end on for them. So I don't know how much I would trust to get any kind of length out of him. And I really like the race side of this one. I wrote them up overnight. I think they profile very well against him. Uh, 12th in the league with a 178 ISO in the split, 104 WRC plus strikeout 26.4% of the time. So there's definitely strikeouts on the table for him. 
Uh, he struck out 22.6% of hitters this year, 12.3% swinging strikes. Gave up nine home runs in 28 and two-thirds innings, though, which is pretty pretty bumpy. That was two-something uh, home run per nine. So that's really what I want to target here with some of these raised bats. Uh, unfortunately, they won't have Austin Meadows, the big lefty in the, in the lineup, but there's still a ton of lefty quality in this lineup, and I think there's a lot of uh, left-handed home run upside here. So I definitely want to be getting to many, many more raised stacks than I want to get to Shoemaker lineups. I could mix them in on the two-pitcher site, probably. I don't know that I would go to him on the one-pitcher side. Maybe on like a couple, just in that random instance where he really goes off. But it's not a play for me. Yeah, I, I'm probably passing on Shoemaker uh, almost entirely on DK with 150. So uh, just wanted to see if, if you saw anything on him or if you were interested in the leverage against the field. Um, if he was cheaper, maybe, and he got me to a unique lineup construction, I would consider him like if he was 5,500 or 6k here, uh, but 7,200, he's $600 away from Snell. Uh, and I just can't really uh, make that case. I think I'd rather go to Granky uh, at 7,300. So all these guys so bunched together on DraftKings, where I don't know that it makes a ton of sense to play Shoemaker. Um, I like the race stack, but as is the case with a lot of these super cheap stacks, they're the most overowned play on the board. That's not to say they're not a good play. They still have the highest uh, or second highest chance of being the top stack right behind the White Sox in uh, Oswald's top stack tool. Um, they're an awesome play. I just think that I'm going to get to more one-offs of them and try to hit on the right guys and maybe avoid the full four or five man stack with the Rays just because of where the ownership's at. Yeah. Yeah. makes sense to try and grab some of those guys maybe play it as like grab a two man, like we were saying with some four, two twos. Uh, I do like the, on the bottom end of the lineup again, you know, going back to that bottom bunch of lefties hitting down there um, post type uh, prospect type guy, uh, Brett Phillips, like his bat, not going very uh, over owned deal, only 7% ownership only costs 2,700 could be an interesting little one-off down there. Uh, he's a speed and he's one of those like, you know, 15, 15 type guys. He's not a big, big power option. He's not a huge, 40 stolen base option, but he's got some pop, got some speed. So he could do something for you in there. Uh, Willie Adamas, maybe at the shortstop spot. Again, uh, not a guy who's drawing a ton, a ton of ownership. I don't love Michael Perez, but he's a left-handed catcher going up against Shoemaker in this spot, not drawing a lot of ownership, not a big price tag. So maybe you make something happen there. Maybe it's about the back end of this raise lineup if you're going to build a full stack out with it. Um, but I agree. Yeah, there is, when you're getting guys Brandon low, 42% owned, I can get to other bats on a four game slate than a guy who's going to be in half the lineups basically. So yeah, I, I'm with you on that. Yeah. Pretty, pretty crazy. Um, I see a few guys are mentioning in chat that this is their first time playing MLB DFS or first time playing in a while. If you want to, uh, you know, brush up on your MLB skills or learn how to play, uh, go to this link, which I'm going to drop in YouTube chat right now. It's awesome.com slash MLB slash MLB dash DFS. Uh, or you can just go to osmo.com slash MLB and uh, find everything, including premium uh, and all of our free stuff. We've got a ton of free content. If you guys want to check that out, Alex wrote his DraftKings and FanDuel MLB DFS primer. This also applies to uh, sponsor Yahoo. So don't want to leave them out, uh, but he updated it. Um, it was written a couple years ago when the site first started, and then he's updated it a couple times. So you got some free videos in there and uh, a lot of very quality information at uh, the price of free 99. So go to osmo.com slash MLB and uh, check that out. And if you guys could drop a like, I see 60 of you have already. We've got 343 nice. watching big, big crowd. Everyone's excited for MLB playoffs and uh, we are as well. So if we could get that up to hundred, I think by the end of the show, that'd be a pretty good number. We've got one more game to go and maybe the best game on the slate. If you like pitching Yankees, Cleveland Indians uh, looks like the lines moved a little bit since um, I gave the numbers over to Jordan. Yankees are a slight favorite. Now they're about minus one ten. Cleveland, basically uh, even uh, plus 100 Garrett Cole and Shane Bieber. Vegas has given the slight edge to Cole here. 3.3 implied total for the Yanks 3.2 for the Indians total dropped a little bit. Uh, six and a half total. Um, I don't know. These guys are phenomenal. Both of them. They're both getting owned. Uh, 
can you split hairs between these two guys? Is there one guy you like more than the other $400 price difference? I don't see a ton of differences in them. I guess I would just give the edge to the Yankees lineup. Uh, so a little bit tougher of a matchup for Bieber, but he's been the best pitcher in baseball this year. I don't know that it's even close right now. So what do you got to say about this game, Terry? Yeah, I think that that last part of it was exactly it. Um, the Indians much easier matchup for Garrett Cole than uh, the Yankees should be for Bieber, but Bieber's been pitching so damn well. He's just been awesome this year. 40, 41.4% strikeout rate. That's just absolutely bonkers. Uh, that's up from his career 30.4, which is very, very good on its own. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's walking a few more hitters, 7.1% walks this year uh, compared to a 5.1% career, but who cares? Uh, it just doesn't matter when you're striking out guys like that. He can just get out of anything. 77 and a third innings of 2.4, uh, 2.04 XFIP to a 1.63 ERA. Allowed seven home runs all year, 17.1% swinging strike rate. A ridiculous arsenal uh, gets swing and, miss, uh, swing and miss with every one of his four pitches. Uh, so just, yeah, tons of love here. So uh, I, I have trouble recommending against him. But the Yankees lineup is very good in the split. Fifth in baseball, 209 ISO, 123 WRC plus, so 23% better than the average creating runs against righties. Only strike out 21.5% of the time in the split and walk 11.6. So despite their reputation for being free swingers, there is some patience in those bats. Um, on the other side of things, the Indians going up against Garrett Cole in their split against righties, 27th in baseball with a 141 ISO, not generating any power. 86 WRC plus is 14% below average creating runs. They strike out 23.3% of the time. They walk 11%, so they get on base a little bit, make things happen that way. Cole strikes out 32.6% of hitters this year. That's down from 39.9 last year. So he's got that same, you know, near 40% strikeout upside. Um, But uh, he's had a little bit of issues with the home runs like we've seen uh, over the year. Uh, But I think he's only given up two in his last uh, four or five starts, two in his last five starts. So he's kind of gotten that under control. Uh, the number settled in at 1.73 home runs per nine for the year. Overall, 338 XFIP to a 284 ERA in his 73 innings, 15.3% swing of strikes, just dominant stuff on all his pitches, too. So very, very good pitching matchup. Uh, it's going to be tough for either of these bats uh, to either of these sides of bats to break out. Um, maybe if you're looking for bats plays. It's tough because both bullpens have high-end arms too. I don't really know where to go with, uh, for bats on this one. I think it's all about the pitching. I I agree. Um, I will say uh, I do like Cole a little bit better for DFS today um, just because the strength of the lineup for the Indians. I mean, it's not a super strong lineup, I guess is how I should say it for the Indians. Um, 86 WRC plus isn't fantastic. Not a ton of power. The walks could be an issue. Um, they do walk a decent amount, but so do the Yankees. Um, 11.6% walk rate versus righties on the season compared to uh, a 123 WRC plus. So well above average. Cleveland, well below average. So uh, I guess give me Cole for a few hundred dollars cheaper on DK. Uh, that being said, I'm still playing a bunch of Bieber. Um, if, I, if I could only play one, I would, I would play Cole, I guess. Uh, and then... I'm, I don't even want to say it, but I, I guess I like the Yankees bats a little bit uh, in that you're just getting leverage against a 50% owned pitcher in Beaver. So they're probably going to get shut down more often than not in this spot. But if you can get a couple guys to hit a home run or, you know, steal a couple bases or, or something, um, no one's going to have these Yankees hitters on a four game slate, which seems, uh, like a pretty scary fade regardless of who they're going up against. So maybe Bieber only pitches five or six innings, lets up uh, a couple runs, and then they can get a couple more off the bullpen. And it might be enough to have a two or three man stack um, for this Yankees team. So I ran, I stacked every team when I crunched it out uh, and then cut down to 150 lineups. And I did get to a pretty decent amount of, uh, of Yanks. So wouldn't want to watch this game if I was like sweating a GPP and I had some Yankees hitters because you're probably going to be pretty tilted when Bieber strikes out everyone. Um, but you know, DFS is about ownership projection. Uh, and that's pretty much about it at a, at a base level, obviously more stuff goes into it, but, um, Yankees are, are coming up. Okay. For me, what do you think about that? 
Yeah, uh, I think uh, you're you're right to be having them come up a pretty decent amount. Uh, they're coming up a big amount for me too in this crunch that I ran on FanDuel. It's actually uh, it's pretty funny. I'm just looking at it. These are my two highest owned stacks after I said I wanted only the pitching. So uh, yeah, gonna have to see how that breaks down uh, as compared to you know some of the ownership across the slate, but. There's plenty to like in the bats, uh, particularly on the Yankee side. I mean, when these guys are all top to bottom, there's nobody over 7% ownership on DK right now projected. Uh, there's nobody over 6%, barely over 5% on FanDuel. So there's a lot to do there. Uh, and you mentioned there's a ton of home run upside. The bullpen aspect of it is tricky. I mean, they could run into, even if Bieber does go six, then you get a guy like, uh, what's his name, uh, Karinchak out there who comes in and, you know, strike out six guys in uh so, you know, two innings, uh, he's a tough ask. So it could be tough to put up runs against this bullpen. But yeah, I think leverage wise and just a spot where nobody's going to be and you're not paying through the nose really for anybody in this lineup, except for the first two hitters and LeMahieu and Judge for the quality that they can provide. I think we can definitely get to some Yankees. And I tell you what, the Indians are pretty cheap. So I think we can get to some of those Indians too. We've got the four switch hitters leading off up top. We've got Fran Mill with a ton of power. I get pretty decent home run ratings on them because of those struggles that Cole had with the power uh, all season long. And then you get down to like a really sneaky play, like a Josh Naylor hits lefty under 1% owned 2,500 on DK 2,200 on FanDuel. Nobody's going to be on him. He's got an okay shot of hitting one out of the park. Kid's got a lot of power. So he's hitting down toward the end of the lineup there. If you need like a really sneaky one off, maybe that's a play. Um, I won't go nuts with the Indians. I'll have more of the Yankee side. I agree with you on that, but I think I will have some of these bats after all. I know that's a change from what I said about two minutes ago, but, uh, looks like I'll be getting here. No, I mean, it, it's just, you can talk yourself into everyone, even against uh, two Cy Young level, uh, pitchers. So that's kind of the beauty and the curse of mass multi-entry. If I was playing one lineup, maybe I get to a one-off of one of these Yankees hitters. If I'm playing an otherwise chalky stack, maybe like the White Sox the twins or the rays and I end up with like a Stanton for 4,800 in one of the outfield spots. Um, but building on the optimizer and just doing what my rankings process says to do uh, leads me to a bunch of Yankees. And that's, uh, that's not fun against the, uh, did, did Bieber win the Cy Young yet? I mean, he's, he's going to be a lock not, for it. Not yet, but it's basically a formality at this point, I think. Yeah. So uh, going up, Right into the face of the Cy Young winner with a 40% K rate. That's that's just the best advice around here. So uh, I think that's all we got for you guys today. Four games. Probably going to have a bigger slate tomorrow, depending on what the sites do. Go check out Yahoo Daily Fantasy Sports. They've got some good contests posted for MLB today. Um, again, hit up that NFL Express package if you're interested in playing some showdown or if you like the Express Top Stacks tool, $3.95 a week pretty awesome deal showdowns a ton of fun ton of people talking about it <clears throat> um what else do we got going on bunch of shows coming up after this uh lofty solid ben, nfl dfs strategy alex and jason mlb live before lock one eastern ben and tim pga strategy 230 eastern you guys are not going to be cheated on free content head to osmo.com head to odd shopper all the good stuff and thanks for joining we'll be back tomorrow